0: to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host,
1: Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan, and i so excited. I get to talk Alice in Wonderland. We're not going to do much of Alice in Wonderland, but I met Afton Warwick online because she was doing an amazing Alice in Wonderland quilt a while back, and so I thought, oh, what else does she do? You know, because this is really creative, and I discovered this whole world of Afton out there at quiltingmod.com. So, Afton, thank you for being able to jump in
2: here and chat today. Thank you so much. I have to thank you because it gave me an excuse to have my husband take the kids out of the house and i had a little bit of trouble convincing my two-year-old that maple syrup is not a beverage so he should be all kinds of hyped up at the
1: moment (laughs) your husband will be enjoying this time alone with them in the maple syrup (laughs) he
2: he certainly will
1: (laughs) oh goodness so you know afton when did you when did you discover like sewing quilting you know is it something that you've always done
2: um, I was first introduced to quilting by my late grandmother. We did a joint project together, um, making a patchwork quilt with my letter jacket letters from high oh. school. It it wasn't anything extremely elaborate. It wasn't going to win the best of show. It was simply squares. Not all the blocks were just squares. No mm-hmm. no elaborate patchwork. And then alternating ones had the letters sewn to them. And then we tied it with yarn because I didn't even know what free motion quilting was at that time, or even a rotary cutter for that matter. (laughs) Um, So then I carried on that tradition actually and made my youngest brother a letter jacket quilt. Um, Never mind that I didn't actually get it finished (laughs) until he graduated college with a (laughs) master's, got a job, and bought Uh, a house to hang it in. (laughs) But I did (laughs) eventually.
1: Well, you needed to wait for the perfect spot, right? You couldn't just let him have that, like, right away. You know?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: We big sisters know about those little brothers. You know, they got to be responsible to get that quilt.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'd actually made my other brother a quilt as well, and, and he said he wanted a king-size one for his bed, and so, so I tried to talk him into an artistic wall hanging, but no, he insisted, and so I did... Eventually finished that one up, and he decided that the dogs might be too rough on it, and he hung it on the wall.
1: Oh goodness! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that's a brother, so you can never tell. You can never tell. No, that's for, that's for sure. So you know, I want to ask you a little bit about um, you. You know, like like how you feel about your quilts because you know when I read your things, you always have like quite a bit of meaning and. And sort of purpose for what you're doing um you know how do you approach each quilt
2: i typically start and, may, and maybe it's a from my background as an elementary teacher but i'm very thematic about my work so so it tends to be whether it's a special occasion and an honor of someone maybe a friend having a a baby or maybe it's a favorite book or even a uh, something in nature that inspired me from my travels that I start with and then I I work around that. So so I think of things that tie into that theme. So I had done a New Mexico centennial quilt and so I thought of um, the nuclear history of the area, um, the conquistadors, there's that Spanish influence, as well as the Native American influence in the area, we have chili peppers. So I tied all of these things in. There's Alamogordo in New Mexico, and they they're famous for their supposed alien oh yes encounters. And so there's a little alien in in that particular quilt. So so I pick those topics, and then then I look at pictures and I study the history. And, and sometimes also quilting styles because that, that's a Baltimore album style. So I, t- mm-hmm. I tie all that research in together and I pick what subject I want the blocks to have. And then I, I kind of inventory the type of construction techniques I'm familiar with and decide what would be most appropriate for that particular block. It might be raw edge applique. It might be paper piecing. It just depends. So I think about what's going to look the best and what's going to be the most efficient construction method, which is why I'm really big on taking classes and continually learning because then I have a bigger toolbox to pull from to know how, how to better construct those blocks and get what I'm imagining into fabric yeah
1: but, you know looking at the the type of work you do you can just see that you know the, you sort of take everything and explore it uh you know can can we just talk about the wonderland quilt just a little bit because Absol- <laughs> yeah, absolutely I know and I know you did this one a little while ago now but it just intrigues me so much how did it um how did that get kickstarted for you you know why did you decide to do the quilt with the Alice in Wonderland-themed items? Well,
2: for, for one thing, it's always been a favorite book of mine. I love how whimsical and imaginative yes! it is. <laughs> and, and then recently, there's been a great number of fabric lines. And mm. so oftentimes, I'm inspired by the fabric. When I purchase fabric, I don't always have a specific project in mind. Sometimes the project is fabric-driven. Yeah. <laughs> So I I use it almost as a painter would use their paints. And so so I think about it as colors and themes. Um, So so I pulled from those ideas and I I thought about what pictures in the book I'd like to incorporate, such as a rabbit, definitely the Cheshire cat, piece of cake, the the bottle that she drinks that, that makes her change in size. Um, I I tossed around the idea of doing a caterpillar but mm-hmm. as I was sketching out that that wasn't really working so, so it's always a work in progress as I sketch things out and then I might toss many of them aside and pull in other ideas <laughs> so, yeah. so I incorporated that in a, in a different way It just turned
3: designing. out so
1: wonderful because you ended up having a lot of images and then Uh, quilting parts of the story like in you like in your quilting um
2: right so after i come up with the different topics and ideas i i use electric quilt they're now in version eight which i highly recommend because it's geared specifically toward quilters rather Mm -hmm. than just being a a graphic design software Um, so i sketch it up in there and then as as far as the quilting, I work with Aurifil, and they have a variety of thread weights, all in the same color. And mm-hmm. so I was working with their 12-weight thread, which gives it a look of hand embroidery without mm-hmm. actually needing to do it by hand. So I experimented <laughs> with that, and it, within the quilting, I, I used some of the quotes from the book, some of the poetry mm-hmm. from the book, and the 12-weight threads so that it would actually show up. And honestly, I started with a 50 weight thread and I had quilted some of the words onto the quilt and I took it to one of my quilting groups and I said, well, that's really too bad because you can't see that at all. And I wanted to pretend that that wasn't the case. I wanted to (laughs) carry on because I don't care to pick out quilting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's not easy to do. But it was the honest truth. And mm-hmm. if you're going to go to all that trouble, you want it to be seen. So I started working with the twelve way oh. thread and and it really does stand out and it, it was really a lot of fun. It.
1: Yeah, it really, really makes it. That you know, that is a good tip though, is to do just a little bit and then, you know, really decide before you quilt the whole thing whether that's gonna give you the effect that you're looking for.
2: Um. Uh, And if I was wiser, I would do a a test sample (laughs) for a small quilt sandwich and try out what you're doing. That's a good idea for free motion, say, if you are thinking about doing small pebbles over an entire quilt, do a test sample. And if you are three hours in and you've covered a (laughs) 12-by-12-inch quilt sandwich, decide if that's what you want to (laughs) do over a
1: queen-size quilt. (laughs) Test sandwiches are a secret weapon. We don't use them enough
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sometimes I jump right
1: in <laughs> yeah. so you have a technique that you like to do for squaring up um uh things after uh after you've worked with them um, to give me one of your yeah, give me yeah. one of your tips
2: so so always when I'm doing half square triangles, I would size them larger. You can do where you put two squares right sides together and you you add seven-eighths of an inch, but if you do that, it's supposed to get you the exact correct size, which always seems to shrink. So instead of doing that, I add an inch, and then you draw a line on the diagonal from one corner to another on the wrong side of one of the squares, and then you sew a quarter inch on either side of the line, Um, and then I press before I cut into two half square triangles but if you add an inch it allows you to square up the blocks afterwards making them actually the correct size mm-hmm. instead of intending to be the correct size so so in most things i tend to try to make them a little bit larger and then i can always cut them down to size whether that's paper piecing and you have it hanging a little bit more over the edge mm-hmm. or whether it's an improv block and you make it bigger than the size you're trying to do um, that always helps and, and in general i tend to try to buy a little extra fabric because it's much easier to try to find something to do with that extra eighth of a yard than to search around everywhere for an out of print fabric oh my gosh, when gosh you isn't made that the a wrong
1: cut Oh that's the truth. That that is another excellent tip because I think people tend to go a little frugal and then they're stuck. You know, they can't get that mm-hmm. quarter yard. Um so we have we have just uh just a minute or so left here. What is uh on your what is on your cutting table right now?
2: Oh I I work many projects at once. So so right Right now, I'm actually, um, I'm doing a quilt along on my blog, Quilting Mod, for the Wonderland Quilt, so I'm doing a second version in um, Wyndham Fabrics, and so I'm working on the block for the upcoming month, so everyone can check out, there's a Wonderland Quilt Along Facebook page, and also on the blog, um, if they'd like to join us, there's free patterns for the quilt. Um, we're two months in but the patterns are still up and available um, so I'm working on that I'm also doing some free motion quilting on uh, a quilt to awesome. illustrate alternate grid work so thank
1: the, you, uh, you <laughs> thank you so Absolutely. much for being
2: here
4: quilting tip brought to you by moda fabrics visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections to store a matching spool and bobbin together thread both onto a long pipe cleaner and twist the pipe cleaner ends together
5: Here's a special offer just for radio listeners. Get two full years of American patchwork and quilting delivered right to your door for less than half the cost on the newsstand. You won't miss an issue that's packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, complete materials lists for all projects, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today online, and you'll also get a free downloadable pattern. Check it out. Go
1: to allpeoplequilt.com. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's Talk Show. I'm Pat Sloan, and uh, you can visit Afton out at Quilting Mod and pick up um, her her quilt along for Alice in Wonderland, the Wonderland quilt. So you know, I always love talking to Roseanne Kermis of Rosebud's Cottage. She is a regular contributor. To, uh, the, to the All People Quilt magazine. You see her at Darling Things all the time. And she's always on here talking to me, uh, about what, what we can do to do things more fun or better. And so, Roseanne, today you're here. We're going to talk about making stuff like, you know, like we've never done that topic
0: before. Well, you know, we we make things all the time, but now we're in that holiday season. It's November for, you know, we, we've we got to get going. There's gifts to make and <laughs> decorations and things like that. You know, I thought we could kind of focus, um, maybe
1: we could focus first a little bit on decorations, you know, like, because for Christmas, you know, I, I have Christmas things, but I have Christmas quilts, but then there's always new things that come out that I want to make. Um have you ever done really anything crazy around Christmas time to make something?
3: Well,
0: funny you should ask
1: Pat, because
3: uh,
0: uh, w- one time, well, um, you know, a lot of people know I, you know, have a store, and you know, it's busy as it is in the fall. But I decided this one year I've been wanting to make a Christmas quilt for myself. So uh, about the beginning of November, I asked my quilter if I got a quilt done. What's the last day <laughs> I could have it to her? so I could have it for Christmas and she gave me a deadline and I worked like crazy and handed it to her on the morning of the of that deadline I sewed um, an hour every day when I got to the store before the store opened and then an hour after just to complete that and she got it back to me and I put the last stitch on the binding the day before Christmas Eve so I got to have that quilt on my bed
3: and oh my gosh. I love it
0: it's a it's a favorite quilt and a great memory. <laughs> So that Crazy. you know the key,
1: the key thing you did though was find out what your deadline was.
0: Yes, because I work well under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, she was great. She was very accommodating. You know, we did a lot of business together, so I think that's why I got some special treatment. Yeah.
1: She goes, okay, I'll throw this on. Therefore, did you ask for like really special quilting on it,
0: or no, no? I just did. Yeah. A, asked her to do just an edge to edge, make it easier for him, for her and me, and yeah. Um, you know, it was, you know, I was, just, I was just pleased to have it done and, you yeah. know, to be able to use it. So it was fun. I love that quilt.
1: <laughs> I know. Now I'm thinking, I need to do that. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't. That's crazy talk. Um, so out at allpeoplequilt.com, there are a couple different places where there's sort of like lists of holiday sewing things. What is one of your, your favorites? I mean, we, we both went out there and we're kind of looking around to see what was, you know, we hadn't discovered for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, they've got um a slideshow up there and it's it's called Holiday Quilt Projects and there's um three quilts that I love on there and the first one that I think it's it's actually when you look at the slideshow it's called it's right at the beginning, it's called Christmas Geese. And it's a red and white kind of a cream and white cream and red quilt rather. <laughs> um, but what I like about it is it's uh, flying geese and they're in a crisscross uh setting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but you know what's great about that quilt is it's a to me i would never start this in november for christmas it's a little more complicated be one that i would maybe work on throughout the year but Mm -hmm. if i wanted to just make something from that project i would make just the block and turn it into a pillow Mm. Um, because then i you know i could test out the blocks if i really want to make a quilt the whole that way and then um then i have something cute to to use on my couch so that's the important
1: thing to have something cute on the couch (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's two other projects I like on that fly show. One is called Vintage Ornaments, and mm-hmm. that's got it's twelve ornaments. Oh my gosh, uh, it's so cute! It is, and they're all they're all they're similar shapes repeated, but they've made them differently. Um, great for a little wall hanging over a table, and that's how they have it featured. Um, but there again, you if you didn't want to make that whole project, you could take four of those blocks. And make them into a pillow, or you could just take one of those blocks and make them into almost um, a, a little mini pillows that you could hang off of uh, doorknobs or mm-hmm. um, you know attached to a gift. They're not very big. I think they'd be really cute.
1: They'd be cute um, for a mug rug too. To just make a little oh, yeah. side thing, yeah, because they're you know for hot for if you're going to a Christmas party, you know the people like in the office. I would love to have that on my desk. You know, yeah, and to, I think you know
0: the nice thing about that project is. With fuse, you know, fusible, and then machine applique, you can get that done really fast. I mean, you could probably get that whole uh, wall hanging done, but if you just wanted to do a few little pieces, mm-hmm. uh, machine applique is like the way to go with that.
1: Yeah, it would. It, it's it's really nice, big shapes, and they can showcase some cute fabrics
0: you've collected too. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we all, all have one. those. <laughs> yeah, I know. The other one I liked in that group was um, one called Tree tro- Tree Tops and basically it's using flying geese blocks, and then they put little tree trunks under, mm-hmm. you know, they stack them up like three, Yeah. and they put little tree trunks on on there. And um, I could see making that as, you know, as something to use for the holidays. But, you know, here in Minnesota, we have a lot of people have cabins. Mm. And I think that project is pretty simple. It would be a great thing to make for your friend if they have a cabin that they go to in the summer. Um, or if they have like a more of a rustic house and stuff. It doesn't have to be uh just for Christmas. It doesn't scream Christmas. and so that's no, one of I like about that.
1: It's just trees, but you know, when you put it with your Christmas things and the kind of Christmassy green uh mm-hmm. or whatever colorway. Definitely let's talk tree skirts.
0: Uh, um, I love tree skirts too, yeah. they're fun.
1: So so I need a red and white one and I have yet to make a red and white one. And so, you know what I've been doing? What? I've been taking a red and white quilt and just, like, bunching it up around the past um,
0: year or so. <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, all you want to do is just cover it and make it, make it cute around the bottom. Yeah. Well, um, we put up a couple trees in our house, and um, we do that in the one in our living room. Um, mm-hmm. I have found a, a vintage red and white Christmas quilt years ago and never got around to making a tree skirt for that, that tree, and my husband uses that all the time. He he even stores it in a special place so he can find it every year.
3: Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but,
0: you know, qu- yeah, quilts, I mean, you know, if you don't have a tree skirt or don't have a place to store one, you can use what you have. You know, yeah. Just, just, just look around. around. Your it
1: doesn't even have to be a quilt. You could just take fabric that you have. And Oh, Yeah. You know, it's the same effect under there because it's really kind of just about color and the feel. You know, the feel yeah. of it.
3: So, yeah, you want to
0: you know create the ambiance, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that we both looked at was
1: um, you know, sort of the the food gift wrapping whole kind of thing that is fun. Um, American Patchwork and Quilting's site has a section called Food Gift Wrapping. So yeah. what are some of your favorite things that you spotted there? You know, things that don't, don't take a lot but use some fabric.
0: Um, the one I love the best, it's called the embroidered Cake Box. I've looked at this a number of times thinking, <laughs> I should do that. And it's they,
3: <laughs>
0: they use a paper mache box, and they um, did like a cross-stitch design uh-huh. over the on the cover of it so that when you put a treat inside, like a cake or a pie or something, it has a pretty design that – Whoever you give it to could uh, use it again, or you know, use it to start because it's it's too pretty to throw out. Yeah. Um, I would probably ask that for that back if I knew somebody didn't like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> um, this is just for bringing it here.
0: You get the inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the box back, but right. I I love that project. I have looked at that many times, thinking I I need to do that one. Mm-hmm. The other one that that I love, they they call it uh, so cute cookie. And I've done this one before where I have put treats in um, cello or you can buy that paper that looks like wax paper. You can buy it on a uh-huh. roll.
3: Uh-huh. And
0: I've um, sew in little bags on my sewing machine.
3: Um,
0: oh. I just go and, you know, I'll, I'll make, you know, make a rectangle. They tell you in the, in the uh, directions there. But you just you basically you sew around three edges. And I usually sew with a couple rows with kind of a weird-looking color. And you can mm-hmm. put your treats in there and they're really cute. They you can see through it and they look like you did something extra special. They're great for um you know if you have like office workers, you know, or you know people mm-hmm. work in an office. or you have just if somebody want somebody you want to give like a few cookies or something to.
1: Now, is it hard to to sew that material?
0: No, a it's slippy? really easy and, okay. and what I do is it's it's just it's sewing pretty much paper. Oh, okay. um, and I cut out my my uh, square rectangle larger mm-hmm. and then i go back in with um like a fancy scallop scissors or a rotary blade that has a scallop on it and i just trim around the um seam allowance mm-hmm. so you just sew it like you would a seam you know mm-hmm. like you're making a little bag you know the edges are raw yeah
3: okay. and it's, it's,
0: it doesn't slide around it's really easy to do i put my stitch length a little bit bigger because you want to like rip through the paper Mm-hmm. but those that was yeah. really fun and those directions are on on their website too for how to do that
1: right it's um, called food-gift-wrapping i mean or just put food gift wrapping in in the search box i like the pet treats because i have lots of neighbors with pets and that oh, yeah. just makes it a little fancier you know they took um a jar uh you like a cuter jar but then made these darling
0: little fabric bows and yeah what they have and like they have, felt i think um that one, too, I think has a printable, so you can print mm. off the labels mm-hmm. and stick them on your jars, too. But, you know, it's like you want to have a little prize for somebody, but it doesn't cost, doesn't have to cost a lot. We all have fabric. Right.
1: So. Right. That's the whole thing. We all have the fabric. And it's, um, you know, okay, so here's something funny speaking of fabric. I one time was like my neighbor's dog came to visit, and he's, mm-hmm. and so I put a little bow around his collar, and like, Three days later my neighbor finally remembered or finally noticed. He was like, What's on his collar? <laughs> That's like <laughs> You're decorating the dog and they didn't even I, notice it. Right, right. Well, it's a man neighbor, so maybe that has you know, shouldn't say that. But he's <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't you know, he he's like, What is that
0: thing on your collar? oh, you were visiting next door. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Isn't that so fun to do that kind of stuff just to you know, I don't know, it makes it makes people smile, I think. Mhm yeah that's like John, you didn't notice sooner. that's like <laughs> decorated your
1: dog, okay, we have one more minute, and when we come back, we're gonna talk ornaments um and then a few other things. but what's one more thing uh that you liked for using up sort of bits and scraps real quick
0: well, i I thought the one that they have it's called a pretty potted plant, and for that it's just you know you can buy a um like a, a small plant, a poinsettia or something, and just go into your fabric stash and find some beautiful f- full fabric to wrap around it. And then they did a little band that just held it in place. I and mean, you can hold that in place with uh, some stitches or even just a cute safety pin. But it, it makes, you know, it makes a potted plant look a little more festive. And, like, you put right. a lot of thought motive and stuff fabrics. into it, which I think Visit is kind of nice.
1: Okay, we'll be right local local back. To see the latest
4: fabric collections. Fabric collections. Set yourself up to stitch a little every day. When you finish stitching, before putting everything away, rethread your needle and take the first stitch. Then the next time you pull out your project, you'll be ready to sit down and start stitching.
1: Things Talk Show. I'm here with Roseanne Kermis of Rosebud's Cottage and we're talking um, the sort of easy gift making or decorating things. So, uh, Roseanne, we could talk ornaments. Like, there are so many types of ornaments that are really quick, not only just to decorate with, but to give as gifts. And you yourself have the most darling set um, of embroidered and wool how many are in your sort of collection you did for um all people quilt
0: okay so for this one it was a slideshow called um holiday time Mm ornaments and um they had asked me to do these i think this was for quilts and more Mm -hmm. and i did four different ornaments that we made in a four inch hoop and for those um i painted the outsides of the hoop because because i use those wooden wooden ones Mm-hmm. and there's one that says Noel. It has, it's really kind of feminine has a little bit of a scallop yeah. has you know fabric background with wool on top an embroidered one with candles um, a snowflake that was really fun to cut out and it's blue and white so i love that and then another one that's a heart with little little points uh, poinsettia type of flowers and it says joy and they were really fun to make i added little tie-ons to the top where the screw is Mm-hmm. Um but they were they were fun to make they're you know they're a little bit bigger they would be cute hanging in a window yeah. or or something on that or as a garland um so, so how I big is that those. hoop
1: that you put them in? Uh, it
0: was a a four inch hoop okay. and um I used um five inch charm- pa- uh charm squares to okay. make to make the little stitchings and and the embroideries and things. Okay. so you know if you had like some charm pack leftovers you could easily make them for that. Um, when I made those uh, hooped ornaments, I put cotton batting behind it so it had a little more stability, you know, texture to them when mm-hmm. I stitched. And then um, on the back, I always I took another piece of fabric and put interfacing on it and fused it, you know, glued it to the back so that the back looked nice as well.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the, the felt yeah. or the um, batting.
0: Yeah, I used um, for, behind the stitchings. I used cotton batting. Um, I had leftovers from a quilt, you know, like you do, and just use some scraps for that. So, but there's, some. there's just a ton of uh, just really cute ornaments on um, all people quilt. Um, there was one uh, slideshow they had called Holiday Applique Quilts, oh. and they have one of those projects, and it says Fit to be Tied, and they're little little things that you can uh, attach to gifts, but they also could double as an ornament.
1: Yeah. You know, what I like, too, is that anything that's an ornament, you can use them to decorate in sort of unexpected places. Like just if you've got a credenza in your dining room, you could hang them on the handles or the knobs of the drawers. Um, I've had a pie safe for a while, and I would hang it on the something on the key that's stuck into the pie safe door so that, mm-hmm. you know, you could even – I've seen this. I don't know, Roseanne, you've probably seen this, where they decorate like the fronts of the – um like your your kitchen cupboards
0: yeah and I, like, I do that around here I actually have ornaments that I leave out all year just because I like to look at them
3: mm-hmm. and I
0: have them hanging on the doorknobs of my dr- my drawers here in the my work, workplace and stuff or even the doorknob when I come in I have a mm-hmm. couple just hanging on there I just they're they're fun to look at I you know I don't, I don't they make me happy yeah <laughs> you know and they always they're always um ones that somebody has given to me so mm. i get when i see them if i see them in june or notice them in june i um i think of that person yeah so yeah kind of you know gives all year long
1: and you can um, also do stockings that are more a little bit more generic and use them to decorate with i had like a i did an exchange once where we did a my theme for the stocking was gardening so i had a gardening stocking oh cute it, and then I would just hang that in the spring. But it's the shape, you know, there's so much you can stick on there, and then you could, you know, put something in the top of it if it's, you know, a different season. And those could go, if you did a wintry one, could go into the next season.
0: Well, now that you mention it, I have one that um, I have hanging up at home that I forget about because I see it all the time. And it is a patriotic sack that someone made mm. for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't very big. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decorated it in the patriarch style, and I think there's a, a flag and a little angel or something that are were attached up at the side, and I love looking at that, it's, so I never put it away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't, you don't need to when they're decorated for the seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep them out. Yeah. So why don't we switch gears a little bit, because it's, it's sort of that end of the year uh, coming up, and... We know at at, uh, American Patchwork, they ran this year a Facebook group for UFO busting where they assigned a number each month if you're doing a random 12 for the year. And, you know, I just loved that. There were so many uh, people who were following along. Like some of the designers I've interviewed here on the show, like Annette Plogg was following along. She was so excited. Like every month she was finishing something, she was being like, religious about it it was really really cool uh
0: what did you follow that one at all i tried i look at it every day um (laughs) because i just like to see what people are are uh, finishing and i just see what people are working on Mm -hmm. um in one of my clubs here in december we always have a challenge to for show and tell it's something that you finished
3: Mm. and that's
0: their favorite one because we all have those projects that are kind of nagging at us we know that they're done or need to be done, and a lot of times it's just something small. I have, you know, I had a quilt this year that I finished. All I need to do was sew down one side of binding. Right. You know, and it's such a relief to have a project like that done because you can, well, now you can use the project. You can enjoy Mm -hmm. it, and it gets that kind of monkey off your back.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, for some reason I am in this place where I don't know whether I did something wrong, but somehow I have all these quilts that need binding. And mm-hmm. I don't mind doing binding, but it got it's gotten to the point where there's so many of them. I mean, I must have like eight.
3: Oof.
1: Yeah, they're like gifts. They're you know they're not deadline things. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, and they're not gifts with a deadline. So I'm just like, how it it? I've learned. So I learned this year, Roseanne, not to let them pile up that much.
0: You know. Yeah, because that, that just makes it worse. It does. I I think the the projects that I have, if like, I have a couple in a drawer that I look at every now and then and I got to a point in them where I don't quite understand what to do next and I'm kind of afraid Mm -hmm. to approach them and that's something that I'd like to I'd like to get those three out of my drawer this year um I just need to have a little bit of quiet time to understand where I left off and -hmm. what was holding me back and once I do that I think it'll be home home free I, I think a lot of people have that problem too we're right. kind of stymied by something.
1: Your skill set, at you know, like a lot of people will tell me, you know, their skill set just didn't match some aspect of it. So mm-hmm. they put it away because they were frustrated or they were, you know, seam ripping too much. But then, you know, a couple of years later, if you go do that inventory, you're like, okay, yeah, now I know how to do that. Or now I've done a bunch of those things and I can tackle well, I,
0: it. I did that um, inventory last year when uh, American Patchwork started doing the UFO Page, you know, you're supposed to pick 12 projects, <laughs> easy. Um, so I went through my projects and 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 picked through them to see, you know, which ones were you know were feasible to finish. I think when you do that, it kind of gives you an idea of of what you have, what you still like, and what you don't like anymore. Right. And I gave away a number of kits and unfinished projects that I knew that I wouldn't get to, but I knew somebody else loved that that project so mm-hmm. um and i wasn't trying to push the work off on somebody but no. i knew that they would enjoy it. ask them first of course right um, right but you know and just having what they did on um on all people quilt was you know having that inventory and then they you had a number of them and then they called out a number at the beginning of the month and you worked on that project mm-hmm. um i th- i thought it was interesting to watch how people really took that to heart and got things done
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: there are a lot of finished projects on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and they um and also like the the team, the editor team. They did some Facebook lives, uh, talking mm-hmm. about it and sharing what they were working on. Because I mean, they all quilt, which is I yeah. think you know why I love working with
0: them so much. You know, yeah. they're like they get it. <laughs> they <Yeah>. have
1: UFOs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, and there's something nice about being able to scratch something off a list. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you feel like you're making progress with with some kind of thing that you can control, you know. And, you know the other best part about finishing a project, you know what that is, don't you? Uh... It gives you room to buy. <laughs> you have a space now to buy more stuff. Right, <laughs> You can go buy another kit. You can go buy fabric because yeah. you've got an empty drawer or an empty bath oh or whatever. I know. <laughs> I have I have one
1: that I had envisioned. Okay, so this is sometimes when you look at it and you think, okay, it's, a, it's one that I did from my triangle book, and I was like, okay, it's going to be bed size. I like this fabric, and this is just fun. I'm going to make that bed size. When well, I'm, like, thinking, how many more blocks until I can get it usable? Mm. Because... I kind of lost the steam to do it bed size, and I still like the fabrics, but I just want to have it finished.
0: So, so what what you're looking at doing then is just kind of almost stopping mm-hmm. and not, not making it any bigger, just stopping and finishing what you have completed.
1: Right. Something that's usable, um, you know, I've decided that I'd didn't want what basically what it was is I decided I didn't want to put my time into making it bigger there were some other things I'd rather spend my time on even though I still love it so I can love it a little smaller it doesn't have to be loved for bed size uh, no,
0: you can have it on the couch or something
1: yeah yeah there's actually two like that oh,
0: <laughs> there might be three <laughs> <laughs> Oh gee, oh I know. Twins, do have... now that you're saying that, I'm thinking <laughs> mentally. I'm looking around here. It's like, oh yeah, there's that one quilt, you know. Yeah. But actually, that's a good idea because I have a quilt like that where I was making for somebody else, and it was just it, it was a, a challenge, and it was I needed to make more blocks. They might just love it mm-hmm. if I just complete what I have done and not make it for their bed. Right. right. I, I love that you have given me permission to do that. There you go. It's like
1: (laughs) the permission slip is granted. Uh, uh, So what um, are you sort of messing around with right now yourself? I mean... Uh, Personally or professionally? Well, either. You know, whatever you can tell me.
0: (laughs) Well, professionally, I'm working on um, a project that will be the December page of the 2019 uh, American Patchwork and Quilting Calendar.
3: Yay! And
0: it's timely for me because for once i am working on a project that's actually in the season oh so um (laughs) so i have some beautiful uh linen that i picked up um at quilt market not too long ago and i've got all my colors laid out there i just finished a project for my wool, wool workers group on facebook i loaded that project up this morning and now this is my next one i cleared cleared that off my counter and now i have all the pieces for this project uh, laid out, and I'm I'm really anxious to start working on that. Do you you also have a personal project,
1: or are you sort of doing just the work stuff right now, the business stuff?
0: Um, Kind of just work, because work and personal are kind of intertwined for me. I know. Yeah, they're they're almost the same. They're Um, all kind of the
1: same, because you like what you're making. That's what I always tell people. It's like, well, I like what I'm making. You know, I'm not making something I don't
0: like. Yeah, but, I enjoy I enjoy doing it. So, um, whenever I make these projects for the magazine, um, I, I the are things that I want to have for myself. So I always put a lot of a lot of heart and soul into them to right. to make them special. And I'm always anxious to get them back so I can enjoy them again. You know. So, mm-hmm. what about you? Are you making anything special, gifts or anything? No,
1: I've I'm not making any gifts. And I my big goal is to get the my the back of my birthday quilt finished
3: Um,
1: because it I got stuck that's really what it was because it's very big and but there aren't enough blocks to kind of make the back as big so I have to figure out what I want to do there so I'm just going to do it and be done because it's been Mm -hmm. stuck a long time in the drawer so (laughs) well Roseanne this has been so much fun to uh, I'm so
0: happy you have me on again I love talking to you here
1: yeah, we, and and I think people now can go out and find some easy things to get done between now and the holidays. <laughs> of course. Sounds great. Okay, well, we'll be right back after the break. Bricks. Visit MotiveFabrics.com or your
4: local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. To maintain consistency when piecing, keep your eye on the spot where the needle enters the fabric, not the needle going up and down. demonstrations of the latest and greatest quilting products visit allpeoplequilt.com and click on tool school
1: back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan and our show is brought to you by the Moda Fabric Company. And I want to tell you to go out and visit, if you haven't done this lately, go out and visit the Moda Bake Shop because there are always a lot of fun things. They do giveaways, they have uh, sew along. it was a, a, a school of sewing uh, that is sort of wrapping up and you can find those patterns. That was a lot of fun. I saw so many people making that. Really cute, cute quilt Um, and then of course single patterns and just like Roseanne and I were talking there's lots of fun little projects you can find out there or big projects. So out in the land of uh, wonderful websites, if you have not run across the Seasoned Homemaker yet with uh, Leslie Rutland, you really, really need to. But first, Leslie is here, yay, to tell me about what goes on at the Seasoned Homemaker. So, Leslie, um, when, when did you when did you first start sewing quilting? How did that happen for you?
5: Oh, well, first of all, Pat, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, oh, well, um, I actually, I've always been around women who sewed. My mom and both my grandmothers sewed, and both grandmothers were professional seamstresses um, mm-hmm. when they worked. And um, so I just loved it. I loved being around it. And then what happened was uh, one Christmas morning when I was 12 years old, my family gave me a finger sewing machine from that I know like at 12. <laughs> <And Ooh. laughs> from from and it was brand new too. It wasn't fancy, but mm-hmm. um I took home ec after that and uh, from that really literally that day forward I have been sewing and been a sewist or a seamstress whatever you mm-hmm. want to call me.
1: Mhm. So um you know the the one fun thing about your site is that you do all kinds of things. It's a little bit more lifestyle and you know being that I'm a quilter and I also sew and do, you know, not just quilting things. I was really drawn to all the kind of projects you do. But, you know, wh- why did you develop this site? You know, how did that happen?
5: Oh, Great question. Um, it really kind of
1: started back in 2007.
5: Um, I had started an Etsy store. Mm. And uh, just kind of as a way to fill some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was making aprons. Yeah. Oh. And I know. And selling them. Some days I was making four to six and could barely mm-hmm. keep up with the demand. And then um people started asking me about my patterns or mm-hmm. or just about my quilts and so I started the blog just to answer questions mainly. Oh. Oh, and they okay. promote it
3: too. Yes. Promote mm-hmm.
5: them too. And I it just kept moving down that road, um, one step at a time and really, really um Branched off into sewing and gardening and recipes, and eventually, people just really had more sewing or quilting-related questions, and that's when I um, went down that road and I have stuck to it
1: completely. So do you go do you go um, and and ever like put your work in exhibits or do things like that?
5: I haven't done that yet. I have a quilt that I've been working on. Not for very long, but um, I really like what I did. I feel like I've kind of turned a corner with it. Uh-huh. And because of that, I um, am thinking about maybe submitting it to some magazines um, or possibly even enter- entering it into some local quilt shows um, yeah, be- when I get it completely she- finished.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were telling me that one of the things that have, um, that sort of triggered you was when you went to the, um, the Modern Quilt Guild Show Quilt Con uh, and – were able to sort of see that type of quilt making
5: yes that was that was truly the the 2015 quilt con in Austin, (laughs) which is where i live Mm -hmm. and um i i went to several classes and i sat in on a bunch of different lectures and by the time i left there um it was i was a quilter i was seeing quilts everywhere i was seeing designs (laughs) everywhere i went it was like you know it was like literally a light went on in my head and that was that was
1: just it for me. I was going to be a quilter from that point on. Yeah, that is uh, that's so funny, you know, because I think so many people, that show where you had that style all together, you know, mm-hmm. you could see one on this website, one on that website, you know, but then to have a whole show of modern sure. quilts in that style really, yeah. really did it for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Walking
5: so, down those aisles and just seeing quilt after quilt after quilt. And they resonated with me. That mm-hmm. was, you know, the whole thing just. And then adding to that, classes and lectures, the pieces mm-hmm. just fell into place. Yeah.
1: So when you're um, making things, you know, either you're doing it for a project, for a pattern or a website. What is sort of your process to go through this design? Because you have a really cute um, little little purse thing that you made. Like it's called the Tiny Toad, right? Or the Tiny Town. Yeah, the-
5: Yes, Tiny Town Tote. Oh, they're uh, all kind the ones. A, <laughs> I know. I, it's a, I love alliteration. What can I say? Um, <laughs> you know, who knows what inspires a person? A lot of things inspire me in landscape and gardening. but um, And so probably the little house came out of it, too. But um, more than anything else, um, you know, I have somebody in mind, and in this case, my granddaughter was on my mind here Mm -hmm. and I wanted her to have a toy that would keep her not in front of uh, screens, but using her imagination and um, having open ended play. Mm -hmm. And that was really, um, I had a long time ago kind of designed this and then set it, set the pattern aside. But uh, last year I pulled it back out and really worked on it because I had a granddaughter that was the perfect Mm -hmm. age for playing with it.
3: Mm -hmm. And, And
5: it just, it's, It's such a fun pattern to make, and it is so, you can just make it anything. It's not just a cottage. I mean, it can be a a barn or a school. A friend made one into a hospital for her granddaughter. Oh. Since I'm in a hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it even has, like, in a sense, therapeutic, you know, possibilities for Mm -hmm. um, places that maybe deal with children who are going through some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. That gives them a way to explain
1: what's happening to them. So it's um, a, for those who are, you know, it's uh, let me just explain. It's like a, it's a little it's like a little house and then it opens mm-hmm. up. And so it's right. like a like a dollhouse, but it's all mm-hmm. in cloth. And and mm-hmm. you can I was just thinking when you were saying variation, somebody could make it into a little garage if they've got yeah. a. That loves um, trucks or
3: yeah, fire exactly. trucks.
1: I mean, you could mm-hmm. have. Yeah, it's a
5: zoo for children who like animals. And mm-hmm. because it's so portable and it closes up, you know, they can just keep their little figurines or toys inside there. And, um, and it's real soft. So um, I had flown with three of them to Florida one time when my granddaughter was there. And, you know, it just squishes right down because I, it's made with foam interfacing. So it's not hard. It just, you know, it squishes and it bounces right back.
1: So it it's just very versatile. So when um when somebody is making that, is there like one sort of tip to you know is there anything tricky about it? Um, well,
5: you kind of have to sew it together inside out okay. to get the shape to hold. And I like to recommend that people. Um, at least hand-based with a kind of a heavier weight thread, like maybe a 40-weight thread, hand-sew uh, hand with a basting stitch on the inside before you machine-sew it because mm-hmm. then you'll have a more precise stitching because you're trying to make the roof line uh, line up with the sidewalls. And in doing that, if you just lo- load it on the sewing machine, you know, it might get a little wonky. But mm-hmm. if you just hand-stitch it a little bit, it'll go together beautifully, and then you can pull the
1: hand-stitching out afterwards if you want to. Yeah, it's it's purse construction, but not purse construction. You know, exactly. so yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: it's kind of indescribable. You have to see yeah. it, but it is—it's a fun pattern, and it's so easy. That's the best part about it. It's so easy. If you can sew a straight stitch, you can make this pattern. Yeah,
1: perfect. It is darling. It is just darling. Um, now, what what is one of your sort of? Being that you write a lot of tutorials, you do a lot of videos for your site, what is one of your most uh, watched or found items?
5: That would be the burrito pillowcase. Oh. Um, (laughs) That was uh, something I wrote actually in 2012, and um, I coined the phrase uh, burrito pillowcase method uh, Uh just because we lived in South Texas for 28 years before moving to Austin, and um, the way you constructed it reminded me of the, I don't know, million burritos I made for my children (laughs) over the course of their life. And so as I'm rolling it up, I'm thinking, this is like making a burrito. And uh, (laughs) so I used that phrase, and um, it took off. I mean, now if you go on YouTube and type in burrito pillowcase, um, there's somebody making it in that method and um, just tagging that name to it, which is funny because – it was almost a flippant moment for me. It was just, ah, I'll just call it that,
3: you know. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so, but it's it's really, um, I don't know. It's incredible just to see a, a silly term you make up that eventually becomes almost a
1: generic term for something. Yeah, yeah so. that it, it, and it's surprising what. The- you know, like you said, you just sort of thought it up on a whim and it yes. just just spoke to people. Uh, do, mm-hmm. do you like writing? I mean, because, you, you know, obviously you write a lot for your site. I mean, is that something that you did before? Uh, well, I do love writing. And,
5: um, and I kind of I, I homeschool my kids and both of my kids are really good writers, too. So sometimes I think maybe there's just a little bit of a natural tendency towards it. Um, but I really do enjoy it. I love sitting down in a quiet room and going through the thought process and, and then writing something that I think will really help, hopefully fuel somebody's creativity, like give them a small win. You know, I'm always thinking about the reader and not what it's doing for me, but what, what is this going to do for her? How is this going to make my reader have a better day? How is it going to make her become better at sewing or quilting or whatever so that she can have... Like I said, she can be the hero of her own little sewing story, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a nice way to think of it. You know, it's a happy place. Your site's a happy place. It is.
5: <laughs> yes, yes. No sad people allowed. We right. have to be
1: happy here. That's right. That's right. Well, so tell, we have about two minutes. Tell me what you're currently working on. Like, What is sort of the newest thing you're kind of having fun with?
5: Oh, well, um, A few months ago, um, I bought a two-rail long-arm frame, and I put a Juki 2010 on it and have started playing with long-arming and have kind of become slightly obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. I really, really love it. I feel like I'm kind of like a little natural at it. You know, I never Mm -hmm. have been great at sit-down quilting, um, free-motion quilting, but the minute I put those little handles in my hand, it was like I could see what I wanted to put on a quilt. Yeah. And um, I, so I, I kind of think I'm going to get some help and maybe make some videos on how to use, you know, have an inexpensive way to have a long arm experience mm-hmm. with the frame and the, you know, standard little machine like that. And um, possibly I'm still looking at um, some more mid arm long arm machines to replace that one uh, soon. Not, mm-hmm. not that far in the future, but pretty
1: soon, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is interesting. People kind of, I used to teach a lot of sit down, um, you know, machine quilting and mm-hmm. do demos and people in a long armor's booth. So I did their sit down machine, but it's funny. People will take some people just take to those handles and it's like they were made that for that, you know, it's, Yeah, it was
5: like a moment, you know, a magical mm-hmm. moment, like in a cartoon, some kind mm-hmm. of like little sparkles went off, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but I really, really love it. And, um, it's often as I can, I throw something on there just to, just to quilt and practice with, because I, I it totally a happy place for me so
1: yeah well let's make that for someone else too there you go there yeah so your videos are great people can find all of this from your website seasonedhomemaker.com um this has been so much fun thank you for uh sharing what you do
5: well thank you for having me on the show pat it's really an honor i really appreciate it
1: So I'd like everybody to go out and visit all my guests and then visit allpeoplequilt.com where you can link over and check out Facebook because there's always something fun going on. And at my Facebook group, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan and Sew Along with my challenges, my weekly sew along. And next week we're going to have a whole new set of guests and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll see you online in the in the land of uh in the land of quilting i'm pat sloan
0: remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show as well as how-to videos free printable patterns and additional tips and techniques
3: Thanks for listening to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio.